0: It's time once again for The Go-Giver Podcast, where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your
1: business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg.
0: Hello again, I'm Bob Berg, and we have what I hope you'll find to be an interesting and value-packed show today. What is humility? Humility. When we speak of someone being humble, do we picture them looking, being, or acting in a certain way? Is being humble the same as being weak or having a lack of self-confidence? Or is there a false premise at work there? We'll discuss that in our thought of the day. And later in today's interview, he began as a UPS driver and worked his way up to president of the company. Ron Wallace will share with us some leadership lessons from a UPS driver which just happens to be the name of his new book. I thank you for joining us. It's generally agreed upon that one of the most worthy character traits for a person to possess is humility. However, in modern Western thought, humility is a concept that is, it seems, often misunderstood. Imagine you were told that the humblest man in the world is knocking at your door. As you go to greet him, who do you imagine you'd picture? What would he look like? how would he act? Would he seem to be meek, a nebbish-looking type character staring down at his shoes? If he spoke at all, would it be barely a whisper, maybe even afraid to look you in the eyes? Is that humble? No, actually that's self-loathing, or maybe just really, really shy, but it's certainly not the most productive way to define humble. In a book I co-authored many, many years ago with Laurie Palatnik entitled Gossip, Ten Pathways to Eliminate It from Your Life and Transform Your Soul, we look as part of that topic and from an ancient Jewish perspective at the trait of humility. Jewish tradition teaches that Moses was the humblest man who ever lived. And by the way before I continue please know that this is not a, a slight to your religious tradition whatever that tradition may be I'm simply using this as an example you'll use that person in your uh, tradition but how could Moses even be called humble after all isn't he the one who stood up to Pharaoh I mean do we think he meekly approached Pharaoh and with great deference said uh, uh Mr Pharaoh uh, hi <laughs> hey um just if it isn't too much trouble only if it isn't could you possibly consider uh, letting God's people go? No, of course not. (laughs) He stood strong and spoke firmly and with confidence said, let God's people go. And then throughout the 40 years in the desert, he led the Jewish people to be victorious in war. This was no meek and mild man. This being the case, why then is he referred to as the epitome of humility? Because humility does not derive from thinking I'm nothing. Rather, real humility stems from thinking, I'm something, but I know where it's all from. I know the source of all my talents, skills, and success. In the end, it's all from God. Again, refer back to your own beliefs, please, religious, atheist, or otherwise, in terms of your source of, a source of strength. This is obviously coming from my personal religious perspective. The point is this there are lots of reasons we might have achieved something. I mean, you might very legitimately ask yourself, didn't I work hard? Wasn't I persistent in the face of many failures? Didn't I do what other people didn't do? And it's because of that that I have what others don't? And the answer to all of that is yes. So take pleasure in your successes. By all means, take pleasure, but don't take pride. This is the difference between humility and arrogance. Arrogance says it's all about me. I did it alone. I needed no one's help. I, 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 me, me, me. Humility says, while I took responsibility for the things I could, there was also much that helped me to get to where I am. A healthy mind, a healthy body, eyesight, hearing, being born in a modern, mainly free society with lots of opportunity for those who are willing to work for it. Perhaps people who were there when I needed them and probably lots more. And even if you didn't have some of the above, what did you have that was a help to you that made your success even more doable? If you have a successful life, a loving family, a lucrative, fulfilling business, yes, you deserve that. You worked for that. You did what it took. And there's lots to be thankful for. Take pleasure in that. Just not pride. In other words, it's difficult to be humble when you really think it's you and only you. It's easy to be humble when you realize that, well, while it was up to you to make the effort and do everything possible to realize the desired outcome, it was a lot more than just you. Perhaps humility can best be summed up in the words of the great Christian theologian and novelist C.S. Lewis who wrote, True humility is not thinking less of yourself, it is thinking of yourself less. Are you a successful entrepreneur or sales professional, but you know you have the potential for even greater sales success? Reality is, most entrepreneurs, small business owners, and corporate salespeople aren't nearly as successful at selling as they could be. Fortunately, it need not be that way for you. Join me, along with my brilliant business partner and strategist, Kathy Tajanel, for two days in Orlando, Florida, and attend our Go-Giver Sales Academy. GoGiver Sales Academy will help you communicate more value to your customers, reach more people with your exceptional value, sell at full price, become objection-proof, and embrace the abundance that's your birthright. You'll work personally with Kathy and me in a small, mastermind-like environment. These workshops are limited to only 12 people, so it'll be impactful and transformational. Learn more at GoGiverSalesAcademy.com and see what others are saying. Click the link in the show notes. Remember, money is an echo of value. Ron Wallace knows a thing or two about hard work and leadership. Over a career of nearly 40 years, he went from a UPS driver to the president of UPS International. There, he was responsible for the operations of UPS in more than 200 countries and led more than 60,000 team members. He also served on the corporate management committee that oversaw the day-to-day operations of the entire organization and its 400,000 employees. In his recently released book, Leadership Lessons from a UPS Driver, Delivering a Culture of We, Not Me, he lets us in on the very unique UPS company culture employed since its founding and that has guided the success of the company over the past century. In this relatively brief but power-packed book, he shares a number of fantastic leadership teachings, including how to build strong, unified teams and successfully weather the inevitable storms that come with running an organization. And I've just got to say, throughout the book, his genuine humility and strength were just evident uh, throughout. Now, you can get the book... At leadershiplessonsbyronwallace.com. The link, of course, will be right in the show notes, so make sure and check that out and pick up your copy. Uh, Ron loved your book. Welcome. Thank you
1: very much. Nice to be here, Bob.
0: Uh, driver to President. Now, that is the American dream personified, though within UPS, it's actually not necessarily an anomaly, is it?
1: Uh, it is. We are a uh, promotion within. And uh, we strongly believe, as you read in the book, that the leaders and managers who start uh, uh, with the organization and rise through the ranks are more committed aligned and experienced than those from the outside. Uh, and we promote uh, from within to pass on the culture and the legacy from generation to generation mm-hmm. and Uh, We invest in
0: people who want a lifetime career, not a job. Right, exactly. Now, and I've got to admit to to being guilty of using this word. uh, In the book early on, you say that the vehicles and the UPS drivers that come to our homes and offices, they are not driving trucks, are they? They are not we call him a package car. Yeah, so I will never make that mistake again when my UPS driver comes who by the <laughs> way is absolutely fantastic. He is he's been delivering for years and years and years, a loyal employee and what a great guy. So thank yeah, you. He, he represents glad to you hear well. that. Yeah. I'm
1: glad to hear that. They are uh they are ambassador. That is UPS. Mm-hmm. And everybody else behind the scenes just supports uh their efforts.
0: Yeah. And that, of course, is part of the leadership culture. Now, in the introduction, you say that if you've learned anything in your long business career, it's that leadership uh is about having a values-based culture and that values-based culture matters. So I'm going to ask you to just tell us about that a bit. Uh, I think
1: there's a lot of companies that have different cultures and uh, I think a lot of companies might be guilty of um, having a culture, it's a nice sign on a wall, it's a lot of uh, text in a book but it really isn't practiced and uh, our culture started virtually in 1907 Uh, policies were written, principles were uh, written, they've been enhanced on throughout the years but basically they're still all intact. And I think our advantage is that uh, we actually breathe that culture. We talk about it all the time. Uh, we have uh, pre-work communications with uh, all employees around the world prior to their shift starting. Uh, we talk about policies, principles. Uh, uh, communicate with them on what happened uh, in their unique operations about the company. But uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, if you have a breathing, living culture. Uh, the managers, the uh, lead people talk about it. The employees talk about it. Everybody's aware of it. That's how you build, in my opinion, strong teams. Uh, sure. uh, they have to share in a vision. Uh, it has to be simple principles within a structure that uh, everyone can easily understand. Yeah, And I think uh, when we talk about culture, that is the foundation to start with within mm-hmm. any company,
0: whether it's a small company or a large company. Exactly. Strategies can can change but uh values never do not in a not in a real not in a character based company you took the words right <laughs> out of my mouth it's all
1: about character yeah. and it's all about people oh. you can have the uh, the best services mm-hmm. uh, the best locations uh, great products and uh, great marketing and advertising but it always comes back to the people
0: exactly now i love this you wrote uh, in building a successful team Play your best five, not your five best. Now, this sounds like simply a play on words, but it's actually quite different in terms of effectiveness, isn't it?
1: Uh, I believe it is. I think when uh, a team works together and they combine their efforts, uh, that creates results that uh, is really greater than the sum of the individual efforts and contributions. Uh, the entire company, the entire team benefits, and so does the organization. And that's really because people are committed to the end goal. And also, as you read in the book, uh, ability matters.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you should do everything you can to attract, develop, retain great talent. Uh, but in my viewpoint, uh, I think, if the chemistry is there, uh, the education, experience, and skills, and all of that stuff, uh, comes into play within a team. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think the chemistry just really has to mix. Uh, and, and that's not saying that the, your, your superstars and your heroes and those kind of things can't fit. But if they think they're too good or uh, have their way too often and bring that attitude into a team, typically, at least in our experience within UPS and some of the other companies that I own and work in, uh, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And at UPS, we don't have heroes or superstars. It's a, it's a lot of common people working for the cause.
0: Yeah. I love that. Play your best five, not your five best. What a what a fantastic lesson! And I remember, I just repeated it, but I read it over and over and over again. I thought that was so profound. Now, your view of leadership, of course, changed as you began to climb the ladder. What realizations did you have about leadership as you were as you were uh, advancing from driver, kind of up the up the chain? Uh,
1: it changes uh, obviously as you get more responsibility. Uh, UPS, uh, almost day one, mm-hmm. gives very thorough orientations and gets you involved in the, the culture and the beliefs and the training, and we train on right down to a hundredth of a minute on every possible method, and everything's measured, everything's accountable, and you feel a real sense of urgency and commitment mm-hmm. from day one, and that stays with you. The day I retired was not much different than the day I started as a driver. And uh, as you go up the corporate ladder, uh, uh, obviously uh, UPS surrounds you with uh, mentors. Uh, We believe in a lot of cross-training. For an example, I think I worked almost all positions, so we understand uh, what a total team effort is all about. Scott, sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. And... uh, well, yeah, and, the- and we really and we really work together. So uh, I know as an operator what the automotive people mm-hmm. are facing and what's required there, like the industrial engineers and what it takes to hire people, and and uh, you bring all those efforts together. And uh, UPS is constantly training and orientating, and uh, mentors uh, uh, are everywhere. and uh, And I think that's what it takes a you know, hardworking. Uh, Somebody who wants to get advanced in the company will seek out those mentors, and uh, uh, you almost can't fail
0: if your effort is, uh, and your attitude is correct. So let's talk about leadership and humility. Again, that was just a theme throughout the book. Uh, I, I, I'm going to read some quotes from the book, and, and then I want to discuss them, if we may. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Successes are ours, not mine. Uh, the best leaders don't draw attention to themselves, but instead focus on getting things done through others. Another one, they build teams that achieve exceptional synergy and results by capitalizing on each member's strengths, giving them the authority to make difficult decisions and then trusting them to carry out the organization's mission. And then one more, your success is bigger than you. Uh, This is why humble leaders actually do accomplish the most, correct? Uh,
1: Absolutely. And uh, in UPS and I think other successful companies, you really delegate and trust. And once you're satisfied that uh, the person has taken a different responsibility, has been properly trained, and and they've proven herself, uh, you virtually turn over millions of dollars worth of operations and great numbers of people to them. And uh, it's like they run their own company. And the humility part is just uh, in our blood. Uh, we realize uh, long hours and hard work is necessary, but it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're results orientated, and you need to bring value. And uh, throughout the whole process, nobody wants a spotlight on them. Uh, they don't work to be seen. Uh, we don't grab credit uh... we all seek to make a positive difference and really make others look good mm. uh... and i think uh... the return on the efforts is there and, and we try not to waste energy on insignificant issues and uh... you know we look at everything uh... and i think in the book somewhere i talk about uh... uh constructive dissatisfaction mm-hmm. and i know it could be argued that if it is not fi- it's not broken don't fix it and uh... we think the opposite right because in a new market uh, the markets uh, unforgiving mm-hmm. and things will change so uh, if it's if it's near perfect uh, look at it again and uh, see if you can make it better and uh, we look at uh, everything uh, and uh, and believe the buck stops here and if we see something that's not perfect we take it on or we uh, sound the alarm to get somebody else to help us and we just don't walk by and think it's somebody else's responsibility and i think internally that humility and that uh, that focus uh, from managers thinking like owners uh, is what really works in UPS and other companies. I wanna go
0: back to leadership and humility again, where you wrote, aim for success, not to impress. And some of the points I took from the paragraph after that was not to focus on the frills, uh, remain nimble, always learning, listening and improving. So humble leadership is obviously less about being pretentious or impressing others than it is doing things right for those you lead, which, of course, inspires them to do the same. And that's why the UPS guy at my house does such a great job of being an ambassador for UPS. You're serving him and then he's serving us. Uh, And of course, so that's the end users. Now, as humble leaders, effective leaders, you described as being workhorses as opposed to show horses, correct? Yes, so what's the difference? Tell us about the leaders, because, you know, there are good leaders who are racehorses, but they tend to not be sustainable leaders. Once they're gone, uh, the organization almost dries up because it's kind of about them. Would that be a fair assessment as opposed to the humble leaders that more create the environment for to be replaceable?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh... i'll make a statement that probably could be argued with in a lot of different ways but even your best leaders uh... including ceo's and top managers typically do a lot of different things but they only do a few things extremely well mm-hmm. and i believe uh... you go back to surround yourself with great people that doesn't happen by accident uh... but once you have your people around you, you have to trust them you have to delegate responsibility you have to give them ownership Recognizing that uh, at that point you need you need to get out of their way, Uh, even if they make mistakes, that's okay because when people are making mistakes, they're causing action to happen, and uh, we depend on everyone within the company. And if you look at the things that uh, uh, UPS uses, uh, shelves in the package cars, all kinds of systems, physical facilities, uh, processes, and methods. That typically doesn't come from an office. That comes from people on the front line, and we have the advantage that we all have been drivers, have been in all those positions, so we understand what the job is about. And when we have an open door policy, uh, we really believe in that. When we talk about first name bases and and working with our people, uh, we don't see ourselves as executives or uh, VIPs or. Uh, anything as uh, as mentioned, uh, with few exceptions, we very seldom use titles. Uh, we mm-hmm. use first name mm-hmm. bases, and and uh, we've been there. We've done that, and uh, it's a little bit back to uh, you know we don't have a lot of important people uh, running around the uh, the halls of mm-hmm. UPS. We're a very modest company. Uh, we fly on commercial aircraft. We're not into limousines or any of that kind of thing because we're watching the bottom line, and we have respect for. What our people do, we know it's a it's a hard job, it's a rewarding job, but uh, we're part of a team. We're not uh, we're not oversights of it or big title type people or those kind of things.
0: Ron, leaders often have to walk into a, situ- a situation, a negative situation. You talked about that in the book, and and you have to turn things around. And we we always hear about the leader who comes in and turns things around. The two things you had to do quickly. We're right-size the workforce and empower your management team. How does a leader do that when they walk into a, a negative situation? There, there's a lot of different
1: ways. Uh, you know, we, we operate within people and uh, with very with calmness. But uh, when it gets tough, uh, we know how to work with uh, those guidelines as well. And I'll just use a couple quick examples uh, when I was assigned to uh, the Canada operation, I was asked to go up there virtually and f- uh, fix it or uh, shut it down. And uh, I still have a little bit of uh, nightmares over this, but I quickly recognized that uh, we had way too many people, call it downsizing, right sizing, or whatever, but in this case, it was survival. And uh, I caused the layoff of uh, 500 management people. Mm. And uh, UPS has never done that. We don't want to do that. But uh, uh, by doing that, we saved another 6,000 jobs. Yes. And uh, then we went through and um, uh, looked at our services and uh, our rates we are charging the customers and the the product mix. There's a lot of things that go with it. But uh, the people part is always the toughest part. And with that, uh, uh, the non-management people understood very quickly uh what had to happen to uh, to save their jobs and have security. And uh we worked very closely with the unions and uh it all came together and uh, in ten months uh we turned uh hundreds of millions of dollars of loss into profit. Mm. And uh when I took international over it's the same thing and it did I certainly don't take any credit. It was it was the people all the way, but I told them the I'm gonna turn them loose, I'm gonna trust them. It's your operations, you own it. You're going to make mistakes. You know what to do. You know how to do it best. I'll help you. I'll guide you. I'll be there to support you. We'll surround you with armies of uh, whatever you need. And uh, by coincidence, in 10 months, we turned international after uh, years, 20 years uh, plus, from major losses to profit. And again, it was doing. Uh, it was taking command. It was doing the right things. And... Uh, Sometimes you have to do what you have to do, and it's not easy decisions to uh, execute those things.
0: The book is Leadership Lessons from a UPS Driver, Delivering a Culture of We, Not Me by Ron Wallace. Visit his website and pick up his book at leadershiplessonsbyronwallace.com. That, of course, will be in the show notes. Pick up this book. There's so, so much great information to learn from. Ron, I appreciate you. Thank you, and best wishes for continued success in all you do. Great. Thank you very much, Bob. The main lesson I learned from Ron is that building a team begins with a culture, a values-based culture, and one in which teamwork and humility are central tenets. How do you do with that? Is that the case in your company or organization? What steps can you take to be even more effective in that regard? please feel free to write to me at bob@berg.com and let me know. We might even share your email on an upcoming program. Remember, The GoGiver giver makes an excellent gift to those in your life in order to help them lead better, sell more, and touch the lives of more people in positive and significant ways. Visit thegogiver.com and check out the new expanded edition of the book. And check out John David Mann's and my new book, The GoGiver giver Leader. We hope you enjoy it and find it to be of value. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate and provide a review on iTunes. Visit the slash reviews I enjoy reading every review, and your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. That's all for today. The Gogiver podcast is brought to you by the gogiver.com. Visit www.thegogiver.com and get our free special report, The Go-Giver Way, Five Principles for Creating a Culture of Excellence. That's thegogiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg. Make it a great day.